Hi, this is Michael Block, and you're listening to the Bunkered Podcast. Yes, indeed, Michael Block, the one and only Michael Block. He'll be on the show a little bit later on. The latest special guest on the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Hello, welcome back. Sorry we weren't around last week. I was on holiday, but I'm back now. I'm refreshed, excited, raring to go or something. Thank you very much for tuning in. Always a pleasure to have your company. I am Michael McEwen and the man opposite me, as always, is Bunkered Editor Bryce Ritchie. Good morning. Nice to see you again. Good morning. Yes, back from your holiday. Mm-hmm. Good holiday, was it? It was okay. Are we <laughs> going to tell listeners where we were? Okay, uh, yes. So We're then, doing something different this year, by the way. It's quite rare for us. What's that? Two English holidays. Yeah. Well, going abroad so expensive. So expensive. I'm, that's not why. I'm going because I want to go to England. That's where we differ. <laughs> Sorry, people from England. Half the audience. Brilliant. No, we went to Ribby Hall near Lytham, about five, ten minutes drive from Royal Lytham and St. Anne's Golf Club. Actually, it's, not like, it. it's not like that, Royal Lytham. It's not. It's not like that. But. A little bit like that. But we drove past it, showed my wife that she was really, really not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and see, just back there, that's the dormy house, and right in front of it's the par three opener. I know, that's it's the only, it's par, the only three. par three opener in the open rota. She's like, oh, right, okay. yeah, yeah, cool. So what? So little girls in the back just going, why are we Where's here? the beach? Correct. But we went to Ribby Hall, very nice, got an upgrade because you I complained. complained. Yeah, yeah, what a surprise. That's what I do, isn't it? But uh, we had our own hot tub, which was lovely. So, yeah. It was very nice. Nice to escape Glasgow. Nice to escape Scotland. Nice to escape you. But it's always nice to come back and see ah, you. I'll give you a cuddle, no problem. <laughs> what did I miss? What have I missed in the last week or so? Ricky Fowler winning. I missed that. Ricky Fowler winning. What did I tell you, Bryce? What I have, did I say? I have to say, last year, was it you? But mind you, you said something stupid last year. You said he would win twice. Yeah. And I remember saying, shut up. He's not going to win twice. <laughs> he didn't even win once. He didn't even win once. And he blew one chance. But you did say you thought he was going to do something this year. And fair play. Thank you. He has. So I see you have tweeted saying that you think he's going to win the Open. Yes. I know we're doing our open podcast in a few days, which mm-hmm. is going to be huge. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm about to steal your thunder. Go you think it. you think Ricky's going to win the Open? Right now, yes. You have to say he's got a crack, as much of a chance as anyone else, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's playing this week in, in Scotland. So, yeah, a lot could maybe depend on... He's won in a links course before in Scotland. He's won the Scottish Open, yeah, isn't exactly. he? Yeah, So he could go down and do it again in a links course. He's got nothing but form coming into it. He's got nothing but confidence, nothing but good vibes. And remember, he was second or tied second at Hoyle Lake in 14. I get it. It's nine years ago. A lot happens in nine years. Yeah. He's been in a slump and he's come out of a slump. It's a lifetime ago in golf terms. you take a week off and he wins. You must have been pissed off. Slightly. <laughs> Did you notice on the Sunday night, so I'm two days into my holiday by this point, Sunday night I'm going back looking at our predictions podcast from the start of the year and I'm finding the clip and I'm clipping it up and I'm sticking it out because I realise there's no podcast this week yeah, and unless yeah, I do this... Well do something. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. But apart from Ricky winning, what else has happened that I've missed that I need to know about? Nothing. That's Excellent. It. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back this time next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what though. Live. So let's let's start there. There's 
quite a bit that we need to cover. As I say, a really fun interview with Michael Block coming up in a little while. Blocky, as I now call him. Okay. I, I feel okay. I feel that we're in that friend space now okay. where I can call him that. He's not followed me on Instagram yet. He's not followed me on threads yet. Threads? By the way, threads. That's what happened last week. Threads. <laughs> Talk to me about threads. What the fuck are we doing? So Instagram have launched their own version of Twitter because Twitter's a nasty place. I don't know why anyone says that. It seems quite a nice place to me. That's because you're one of the nasty ones. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, moderately right wing, I suppose, Twitter's become. Uh, Thanks, so yeah, Elon. They've, they've launched threads, or Mark Zuckerberg's launched threads. and Like he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And I was on it for two hours and managed to get myself suspended. <laughs> <laughs> How? How do you get suspended in the space of two Literally hours? Like two hours into using it, I thought, oh shit, I can't use this anymore. So What did you do? I was following some people and I think I followed too many people too quickly. And it thought I was a bot, so blocked me. So I'm back off on Thursday. A bot? I'm also in Instagram jail as well, because the two of them are linked. Of course, so you so, can't post pictures of your cat. Yeah, so that's it. That's disappointing. Nightmare. But we're on threads. We're on threads. Both follow. of us and Bunkered are yep. on threads. Yep. So go and follow us and Bunkered, and you never know, it might go somewhere. And it might not. It might not. <laughs> it might be in the sea. <laughs> it might be the new Bebo. <laughs> who, who knows? But yeah, so threads, blah, 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 all all good, all good. Live golf. So back-to-back weeks for Live, I saw a bit of Valderrama. Won't lie, I saw very little of Centurion. Certainly the golf, I saw some of the preview stuff. That was mental. But Valderrama watched a bit of that. Great crowds, I thought. Um, like, really good crowds. Really Great good golf crowds. course. Aye. Good tournament, good winner. And then straight into Centurion. It looked, from what I saw, much the same. Yeah, I have to say, I don't have too many. I know everyone's thinking that we're just kind of going to slag it, but I, I didn't have too many negative things to say. I did watch the build-up on uh, YouTube for Centurion. This is what I'm talking about. You um, watched the build-up? I watched the build-up. So they have this, people who do watch live will notice that when it's about to tee off to their shed gun, there's like a 15-minute, 10-minute build-up. and a, count, a countdown clock, which I think is quite cool. I think they might do something like that in MotoGP, I don't know if there's a clock, but they do that. I but think they have that on F1 as well. Yeah, don't they might they? do that, but it's it's just a little bit too slick. Mm. And they have is it Arlo White, another guy in the middle, and then Fairty and Jerry Fultz. Is it? Is it? I presume it would be him. Just a little bit too slick. Uh, the way they'd run into the the rundown to the shotgun start. I don't know. I, I'm not. I just can't. I can't hang with it, just <laughs> just the way it is. But I don't uh, clearly. I would say that lives. I would say lives in quite a good place. I think it looks like there is an element of the golf kingdom that like it. It doesn't have the same vibes of a golf tournament that I would want to see, like the teen off of music playing and things like that, mm-hmm. and guys winning tournaments with music playing. It's the flash, <laughs> the flash mob that was yesterday, the <laughs> dancing. Like before that, I mean, no. For me, that's that stuff that I don't like because I think flash mobs are massively lame. And then in Valderrama, you had the flamenco dancers, and it seems there's just some things that are just a little bit too twee. And it's like here's another cultural but you know stereotype yeah, but, for you. But you know what? But they're trying there's, to be different. Yes. So why not go all in? Different? Yeah. Some things Keith Bailey did that I thought were crap. 
Shot genuine, called Masters, you didn't it, like it? Yeah, some of that stuff, if, if they tried that, you'd slaughter them yeah, for it. Yeah, of course. Some of the stuff that Keith Pelly's done, I didn't like. But I remember when he did it, we both said, at least they're trying. Spot on. So, yeah. Liv are trying different things. I get it. I'm not against it. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. I was more worried about the greenkeeper was thinking when all these guys are dancing and <laughs> looping about and doing handstands and stuff. And I think that is, imagine you did that your first tee. <laughs> imagine walking out of Balfron and just dancing on the, <laughs> on the tee. Like the greenkeeper, like, what are you doing? Just shooting a TikTok, mate. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying things and I get it. But I think Liv's in a fairly decent place. I think When so it too. comes to its... It's not getting slagged as much, and people seem to be enjoying the golf. The crowds, you got all right. The crowds are pretty good. Yeah, the, certainly. As I say, from what I saw of Alderama, the crowds were fantastic. Like really, really good. It looked like a golf tournament, which it yeah. hasn't for much of the uh-huh. first year. I think the other thing that's helping it is it's getting credibility because of good winners. Taylor Gooch, right? We we can all have fun at Taylor Gooch's expense and all that sort of stuff, but. Has he not won four out of his last six starts or something like that? Yeah. When you win regularly, you, you start to make a yeah, name for yeah. yourself. When you win regularly, you earn people's respect. Yeah. You've still got to go out and beat Cam Smith and Patrick Reed and Phil. Well, Phil's kind of fallen up off the face of the planet since the Masters, but still got to go and beat them. Yeah. And he's done that, so fair play. You say earning, he earns the respect of people, the better he plays, the more he wins, but that's kind of true. Fans, people like you and I and others seem to respect him, but the, the nah, PG of America don't seem to be oh, hugely well, keen on him. That, that's, Zach well, Johnson's not keen on him, it well, would seem. That, that would appear to be quite silly. Uh, I do think he is playing some pretty good golf, and I think if you were deep down to ask Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler whether they think Taylor Gooch is playing some good golf, they would probably say yes. But this is the element. It, it's a different type of golf. Is Taylor Gooch under the same pressure that Ricky was in that playoff? I personally don't think he is. I think it's a different world he's playing in. He's playing against... There's still some great players in that in, in live, but there are some players who are invited to play in that. Yep. That if those players were playing on PGA Tour, they would maybe be in slumps and not talked about, but they turn yeah. up every week to play for mega amounts of money. That is the huge problem with live because they are invited guests to play on this tour Ricky's got to play guys every week who are fighting for their lives and and all of them are good enough to win that wasn't the case in the PGA Tour maybe 12 years ago yeah I mean no disrespect to the guys who were but the numbers of first time winners in the PGA Tour show that yeah exactly yeah I, I do think that he's playing under different circumstances Taylor Gooch but he's still playing good golf and he's still beating them all that's the thing isn't it you know Bryson DeChambeau's not winning live events Brooks Kepka has won a couple. Patrick Reed's not winning events. Dustin no. Johnson, the wins no. have dried up for him. Taylor Gooch is winning and he's beaten good players. So should he be in the Ryder Cup conversation? Is Zach Johnson missing a trick or whatever it might be by it, not considering it, 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 him? It depends how much uh, politics comes into it. Let's be honest. And is he popular as well? That's the other thing. Because yeah, he's, he'll, he can't earn a place in the team. He's going to have to be a pick. Yeah, well, so got six, fellow... he's got six picks, does he not? Yeah. Zach Johnson's six picks. I bet he regrets that concept now, eh? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think it's going to be hard to hard to ignore him. He's but, trying, though, isn't he? It's interesting. I saw James Corrigan at the Telegraph wrote a really good piece about how Zach Johnson seems to have turned a blind eye 
to in particular Taylor Gooch and he's he's asking I guess the question I'm asking now why isn't that isn't that a bit silly when you've got an American who is playing so well has so much confidence from winning surely that's a guy you want in your team true but then they've got an embarrassment of riches if you look at the players that he could pick it's let's be honest it's a team of 12 he's he got pick two teams easy yeah he's got a good 18 20 players yeah. that i think if he if uh let's say he's got he's got six players to choose he's really looking at a batch of 12 to 14 guys picking from that's where i think the taylor gooch conversations not a big deal if it was a few years before where there's maybe not a batch of 12 15 guys that he can choose from the, the landscape of golf has changed. The, the the format of the US Ryder Cup teams changed. Mm-hmm. I do think it is. The tournaments that you're looking at have changed. They're now looking at these other tournaments around the world yeah. that they would never even consider. One thing I want to ask you about before we move on from Liv, Brooks Kepka, Matt Wolf. What happened last week between those two? I do think that's quite strange. It looks like there's been a bit of a fallout. I, I heard a few people saying it was probably scripted. That's a pretty weird scripted script. how yeah or pretty, to manufacture drama yeah I think that's a bit of a strange thing to do because it makes Matt Wolf look very poor yeah script so I don't think Brooks Kepka is a performative guy either no I don't I, it seems when Brooks gets involved in stuff everyone seems to jump this whole it's probably fake like the whole Bryson the Shambo thing that brought about the live conversation and I don't know I thought it was a very strange thing to say. So what exactly what exactly happened? Brooks Kepka told Sports Illustrated that basically he had given up on Wolf. Yeah, he was chucking who's it. Who's in his team smash yeah. and said that he's a wasted talent. Yeah, he was chucking it during mid round and just giving up, you know, trying and so on. I think that's kind of a don't know. That's a, a weird pretty thing harsh to thing to say. Yeah. But then I again, think that it's seems his like team. A, he's invested literally I, in I it. I do think that's a, a personality clash that's potentially happened there, but supposedly Matt Wolf is a wee bit miffed. Well, his statement would suggest that. He said I read the Sports Illustrated interview with our captain, Brooks Kepka, and it was beyond disappointing to me. When I chose to join his team in 2023, I did so with much optimism about my new home as part of Team Smash, <coughs> and equally as important, the chance to be around and learn from a player of Brooks' stature. Like everyone who has ever played the game at the highest level, I have had competitive moments in the past that I feel I've let myself down and even others in our new team environment. This has been quite difficult for me. My challenges on and off the golf course with my mental health has been well documented and I deal with those challenges every day. (sighs) Pretty awkward. So how do you resolve that? What do Liv do? I mean, there's been this talk from the outset that they can cut players and they can draft players they're now at that point where it looks like they need to do that so what does that look like uh, nobody knows because they've never really done it yet have they? i think the majestics team last week had a bit of a change somebody was ill mm-hmm. and uh, they made some changes but uh, it's a bit messy mm-hmm. matt wolf's career wasn't going great until he joined live and a lot of people said that the the critics were like that's a perfect thing for him because it's guaranteed money even if you play appalling golf and it looks like that's what Brooks Kepka saying about him as well essentially well he's suggesting suggesting that he's he's given up he's not trying hard and you know when things go wrong in his round he's just going through the motions which is not really great for a team element but it goes to show like that some of the stuff that they are talking about team their teams you know there's conversations about teams now they all seem to be doing that mm-hmm. but you wonder whether it's because they're growing the team or because the team can make money i don't know i don't i can't i just can't wrap my head around the concept of team golf on the major stage 
not majors and you know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, lowercase m. Yeah, I can't see how that's going to take off, but as the merger comes and we move into next year, there's bound to be some sort of team element, which means, are we going to see Rory and Justin on a team? <laughs> this is the thing. Because they're meant to work together. So it's extremely complicated. But I have noticed that they're very, they do talk about their teams a lot. Mm-hmm. The team element is a big deal at Live, despite the fact that they talk about who wins the event. They are a big deal about their teams. You noticed Cam Smith saying that Centurion delighted that he won the individual, but was gutted that he missed the putt in the last that would have potentially won or got, what do you call it? What's his team called? Ripper. Would have got them level pegging with the four aces who continue to be a dynasty that cannot be toppled. What are we, I mean, I, I'm still stunned that we're talking about Ripper and four aces and so on. Smash. You touched on it there, how the landscape's going to potentially change over the next few months and into next year because of the quote-unquote merger. There is a Senate hearing tomorrow. Now, this is really interesting to me because when the Senate hearing just reminds me of Star Wars. (laughs) It does. Senates. Wipe them out. All of them. But, yeah, this was when the PGA Tour and the PIF and the DP World Tour announced this deal pretty soon after... There were some politicians in the States that started kicking off and saying, oh, we need to scrutinise this. And tomorrow is their big chance with the the Senate hearing that they've got. So this guy, Ron Johnson, who's a senator that really sounds made up. Senator Ron Johnson. <laughs> like, no, you're not. What, what is this, Knight Rider? Where, where, where is the senator? Absolutely no idea. Can I don't tell know what you senator a senator does. Um, what is a senator? Is that a, like an American like, local politician? Something it's like, like an MP. I think. Is it? Yeah. I think so. I don't understand. Not clued up enough in American American politics. politics, I just don't get it. Well, you've got the Senate and you've got the House of Representatives, and that's like our Commons and House of Lords. Right. I think ish. It's where does Glasgow City Council sit in with that? (laughs) In Glasgow, as far away from it as possible. But their version of like, is that their local? Do they have councils? Oh, yeah, yeah. They've got, like, mayors and all that sort of stuff. Am I, you're am I really, you're, am I you're literally to, making this shit up. Of course I am. I don't understand <laughs> it. Anyway, Ron so, Johnson Ron would Johnson. to be kind of a big deal as far as US politics goes. He'll live in a huge Home Alone house, Ron Johnson. Without a shadow. He'll have a gardener. So he told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The Sentinel. Yeah. What, she don't, she's our new newspaper and got the, you know, the British Sentinel. People would buy that. Would they? No. So he told them, the fact of the matter is the public investment fund, if they want to invest in global sports, they're going to invest in global sports. And you have to recognise and need to react to that reality. I think that's what the PGA in the end was faced with. You may not like that reality. I hated to see what happened with the split with the players at each other's throats. And I'm hoping to play a constructive role in helping bridge that gap, repair that breach. Right. So, basically, Bryce, the way I see this going is that not much will happen Not tomorrow. much will happen. There's nothing they can do. This is political grandstanding. Yes. I've watched the West Wing. I've watched enough of Succession to know that when people sit before a Senate hearing and you get asked questions... You do realise that's fiction you're watching. Yep, but it's based on real events. Right, okay. Kind of. When they sit in front of these politicians... Like Braveheart was based on real events. Aye. Yeah, of course he got the Princess of France pregnant. Queen of France. Queen of... Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. Know your history. Christ. 
when they sit in front of these Senate hearings, it's an opportunity for politicians to make a bit of a name for themselves. They're on TV and they get to ask probing questions and, you know, try and make themselves appear really important. But then the outcome, nothing really nothing. happens. So because fun. these people that sit in front of them are so prepared, they've covered every eventuality, they've scripted an answer for every likely question, that at the end of it, they just go, all right, thanks for your time, see you later. Uh-huh. The reason we're here is because... <laughs> The reason we are here is because the lawyers on both sides said, by the way, we need to resolve this another way. Yes. And that is why we're here. Because there's a not-for-profit organisation on one side and another organisation on the other that don't want their dirty laundry to be aired in public. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, I take it back. Ron Johnson wasn't the person that instigated all this. Oh, it was- God. So Ron Johnson is a Republican. Of course he's fine with it. Is it Don Johnson? <laughs> it is the Democrat from Con- Connecticut, Senator Richard Blumenthal, who is the subcommittee's chairman. He initiated he the sounds, inquiry. He sounds rich. Yeah, Richard Blumenthal Richard, from Connecticut. Richard Blumenthal. Basically, it seems like, as I say, in a broad sense, some politicians want to have their say. They want to have their opportunity to look like they're important and involved. I just think it's an absolutely massive waste of time. Ultimately, if this is a good business deal, if a lot of people who are rich stand to get richer, it will happen regardless. Politics and sport, we all know how we feel about that anyway. But the other big news about the merger, well, a couple of things. One, we had a policy board member for the PGA Tour, Randall Stevenson, another great name, by the way. This episode's been nothing but great names. He quit over the weekend. He... As a former executive of AT&T, but he doesn't believe that he can continue on the PGA Tour policy board in good conscience because he's opposed to it. And AT&T have, they're withdrawing the sponsorship of the Byron Nelson, aren't they? Are they really? I think so. I think Ooh, so. Interesting. But yeah, anyway, bigger news. Jay Monaghan is coming back. His medical issue appears to be resolved. Hopefully he's he's fighting fit. But for me, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that He's coming back at all and so soon. I think he's returning this week, is he not? Are you surprised to see Jay back in the hot seat so no, soon? No, if he's fit and healthy, then fine. He might as well go back to work. But they have to have their main guy in, in charge. He's got to lead. That's his job. So uh, if he's fit and healthy, then he needs to do his job. You know, don't think for a minute they'll not be coming over here and having big conversations. That will happen. There'll probably be some meetings over here to be discussed. I wouldn't be surprised if they're having them this week. But that's his job. Gotta get back to work. There's a lot a lot to discuss. And to yes. be honest, the fact that they're doing it so soon, you know, within six, seven months, there's going to be changes. So they need to get on it right now. Yeah. I'm not sure Jay Monaghan will still be there in six, seven months, but remains to be seen. Anyway, let's shift gear. Let's go to Pebble Beach. The US Women's Open took place last week. The winner, American Alison Corpus. Corpus? Corpus. Corpus. I'm I'm terrible with pronouncing names, but she won. Charlie Hull tied for second with G.I. Shin. Rose Zhang, another impressive performance, tied nine. Yeah, another top ten. Phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Three starts, one win, and the other two were majors, and she was top ten in both yeah, of those. It is. It is incredible. It's funny we're talking about how amazing our start is and how the stars align. You know, the girl that won it, I believe, was at the same high school as Michelle Wee, and Michelle Wee you know, said goodbye to Tour Golf this week. And I, I was kind of poor that she said it this week. So I think it's sort of, that was the big story from this 
this year's US yeah, Women's Open. That's all people want to speak about the first yeah, few days, wasn't and, it? And, I, and I, you can see people, you know, having their opinion on we, and, and and I know we'll do that right now. But, but what is your opinion on Michelle Wee? When you look at Michelle Wee's career, it's an example of what not to do. You know, if you, if you, if you speak to people who are a lot more clued into what Michelle Wee was doing and what was going on in the background, that's an example of what not to do. You know, parents heavily involved. You know, I was reading at the weekend that our, you know, our parents would turn up to our practice shit sessions at uni and so on, and some of the coaching shouldn't be there sessions that she was having. She didn't play a lot. <laughs> she didn't play enough junior golf against girls her age and beat them enough. So whilst she was an amazing talent at a young age. I'm not sure you would call her a prolific winner. Well, she wasn't. I mean, her amateur record would prove that. She won the Hawaii State Open in 2002 by 13 strokes. And then the following year won the US Women's Amateur Public Links. But that's kind of it. I mean, she won lots of other Hawaiian local and junior events. The problem with we is that... that Did we get too excited about her too soon? Yeah, and we were guilty of that as well. I remember the very, very very early days where she was turning up at events and she was out driving other PGA Mm -hmm. tour players. I remember our practice sessions and so on. You know, she outdrove Ernie on a whole. Her swing was fantastic. She had a lot of power. She was tall. She was athletic. You know, she she hit the shit out of the golf ball. There's no doubt about it. But we were but desperate at that point to find a female that, yeah, Tiger Woods. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's it. That's not all. Yeah. And it did seem quite slightly strange that she signed all these deals and hadn't actually, I mean, it sounds awful, but she hadn't actually achieved anything yet. No, you're spot on. So she only won five times, which is, is not great. I suppose she'll say, well, one of them was a major. It one was of the US Women's Open. One of them was a major, but, you know, let's go back to when she was 14, 15 years old. And it's a lesson to everyone when you're 14 and 15 years old and you're really good, it's completely irrelevant. You've got another 10 years before you're playing against people who are at that age. So what are you going to do in those years up until that point? And I think she wasted them. I think she made a lot of mistakes. She went to a lot of coaches. Caddies. Um, caddies, caddies for days. Are, you know, if you talk to American journalists who were on the beat at that point, her mum and dad were heavily involved in Everything. Everything. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it appeared to be the case. And I also think that, did she seem very happy? She seems happier now than she did 10 years ago. Totally. You know? She looked, I mean, she was a young girl. Let's, let's, 10 years ago, she was only 23 because she's yeah. still only 33. But you're right. I mean, you think back to then, she looked quite sullen, a little bit moody, not very engaging, looked Bluntly, she looked miserable when mm. she was playing golf. Mm-hmm. She became a poster child for ladies, US golf, and whether that was a dangerous thing to do back in the day, but someone had to turn around and say, I'm wondering whether we should do this. Uh-huh. Is this a wise idea to to you know bring somebody up and then hope that they stay there? Because she didn't, to be honest, they, they put her on this pedestal, but as soon mm-hmm. as she turned yeah. pro, she stepped off that pedestal. Exactly. She was named the, the Laureus World Newcomer of the Year in 2004. She was, at that time, 15. Yeah, I think she, did she not miss the, she not miss the cut in that PGA Tour event? Was it the Sony Open she Sony played Open, in? Yeah. She missed the cut by a shot. Mm-hmm. She also played five other uh, LPGA yeah. events that year, which 
you know, she didn't play particularly well. No. We concentrated on the Sony Open. But that's it. That's it. Because you've got, what's your bread and butter? You've got to be good at your bread and butter. If yeah. you if you look at Tiger Woods, I know we're going to compare here, but you could look Tiger did. Yeah. Tiger dominated every scene he was on. You look at what Tiger did when he was seven years old. You look at what he did when he was eight, when he was nine, he was ten. Wins just all over the place. Wins everywhere. He knew how to win. Getting to when he's sixteen, seventeen years old, he knew how to win. Look at his record. He, he won five, six, seven times a year. Mm-hmm. Then then he won the U.S. Amateur. He won it three years in a row. That'd never been done before. Never. So he knew how to win. Then he came out on tour and he won. You know, then he won the Masters. And it just, he just knew what to do. And he'd got good good habits ingrained in his psyche. Michelle, we never had any of that. She, I mean, if you'd look back, she, she was doomed from the start because she didn't have any of that background. Mm-hmm. Somebody said at the weekend, I can't remember who it was, it was Robert Lustig, I think, said that she just didn't, she didn't win enough. No, she, she didn't beat her own her own kind. Mm-hmm. She didn't beat young girls enough. So then she went out on tour. I've said this a million times about people going from challenge tour onto European tour, and they walk out and they think they've they've done really well or they come through Q school and it's great. As soon as you step out onto that golf course, you're facing another 130, 140 people who are just as good as you. Spot on. And you've got to go. And, you've got to play your best golf to beat them. You've got to prove yourself all over again. You've got to do on it again. A bigger level. That is extremely, extremely difficult. Look at Sergio Garcia. Look how good Sergio is at golf. Right? I know we're deviating here, but phenomenal golfer. He went to Open qualifying last week, and it, some of those guys are nowhere near Sergio. Not in his world. Sergio won't even know their names. Won't have a clue who they are. They'll all know who he is, mm. and he didn't make it. And he actually played well. Played very well. Yeah. Played well and did still didn't make it. That's how hard golf is. You get nothing. You need to earn it. And I just think Michelle, we did not earn it enough. Yeah, I think there's two things that happened. One is that we overestimated how good she actually was, and I think we also, I say we as a collective golf following golf community, we also underestimated just how good the LPGA was. You know, there's so much talent. It's so deep that unless she was the female Tiger Woods, she was never going to dominate. And there is no such thing well, as, the the, problem is, as the next Tiger or the female the Tiger. Problem tiger is, is Tiger. I think the biggest loss, you know the biggest loss from this is not Michelle Wee, it's the LPGA. The LPGA lost out on creating a massive star yeah. because she never won on their tour enough. Yeah. And I think when you're that good and she disappeared to the PGA Tour to go and play these events and she made all that noise... That was the big loss. Annika Sonnison went to the PGA Tour after she'd won all her events. Yeah. After she'd made a legendary status and of herself. And still couldn't do it. Still couldn't do it. And Mich- Michelle Weed almost did it the opposite way. And I, I do think the LPGA missed out. And I, I, to get back to the point we were making 15 minutes ago, I do think that overshadowed this year's US, US Women's yeah, Open. I, I it thought did. it was a good US Open. I enjoyed it. I know you're not a huge fan of Pebble, and I think there were a lot of conversations this week that were not necessarily about the golf tournament. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think the the winner kind of got overshadowed. I think Charlie Hull's final round 66 kind of got overshadowed. I think they also missed the fact that they were playing for a lot more money this year, too, which is great. I mean, the winner there walked away with $2 million. Amazing. Which is great. It's still miles behind the men's, but... 
it's going to be like that. It's going to take time before it finally yeah, catches yeah. up. But we're seeing a lot of positives. But you're right. Last week, unfortunately, a bit of the the Michelle Wee Michelle Wee West. We should call her. That's right. The Michelle Wee West show. Anyway, one more thing before we get to the break. Bryce, it cannot have escaped your attention that there are a big couple of weeks coming up. I think I'm right in saying these are pretty much your two favourite weeks of the year, yes. give or take. Yes. Genesis Scottish win this week at the Renaissance and the Open next week. We'll come to Open in a second. First of all, Scottish, what a field. This must be the best field it's ever had. I think last year's was the best field it ever had. But is this not better this year? No, I don't think so. It's got Rory. It didn't have Rory last year. Yeah, but I think there's by... By, oh, by world rankings? I think so, yeah. I, 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 like we believe the world rankings anymore. Well, they're screwed in, aren't they? <laughs> I, I do think that this is said to be the strongest field. It's like, I think, was it last year there was 9 out of 10? There's 8 out of 10 this year? I could be wrong. Oh, right, 8 of the top I 10. I think so, yeah. yeah. But absolutely unreal. I think it's pretty cheap to go to... Access is really good. Renaissance, uh, and not a lot of people love it because it's not a traditional links, but it's a good viewing golf course. If you go to certain parts of the golf course, you can get really close to the players. If you want to go and watch the world's best golfers close up, there is nowhere better. With an almost unrestricted view. Yeah, and we keep saying this every year. The Scottish Open is out with probably the events in Dubai, Abu Dhabi. This is the best tournament in DP World. Oh, I think it's the best. Without, it's better than Dubai and Abu Dhabi for me. Well, then. I think that, you know D- Dubai and Abu Dhabi is different because it's at that big. There's something about that timing of the year, I've, and I'm not talking about race to Dubai because I think that's died a death. Race to Dubai, completely. But the beginning of the year, I think it's quite exciting because you know what's coming. I just, there's something about the buzz at that time of year in the Middle yeah. East is quite good. I would say in terms of field depth, though, this is better because oh, of, course of the PGA Tour link up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look at who you've got. Rory, Scheffler, Sung J.M., Xander Schofley, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Patrick Cantley, Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland. Properly good field. And that's not even mentioning Sam Burns, Adam Scott, Sahith Gala, Shane Lowry, the US Open champ, Wyndham Clark, Tyrrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, Tom Kim. Unreal it's, it's, field. It's amazing. It's amazing. I just wish they were playing on a better golf course. You alluded to it. People aren't a huge fan of the Renaissance. I get its positives, but let's be honest, I could name easily 10 to 15 links courses in Scotland that are better. I know, but we have taken we have taken the Scottish Open on a bit of a road trip. I'm quite happy leaving it where it is for a while. I don't like going to a new venue every year. Mm-hmm. It's not, I think, find a home and stick with it. And I, th- I quite like the Renaissance. I think. Do it's, you? Yeah, I think it's fine. You've played it more it's, than I have. To yeah, it's a resort. Links. It does its job. The tour clearly like it to a point. Players like it because it's fancy and there's got nice places to stay and they all get well They're looked, well looked after. after. Like they would be at Loch Lomond. Do you know they turn up at Loch Lomond? Yeah. And Ernie, Ernie and Phil would have their little cabins by the lake. <laughs> Loch. The and, Loch. Uh, yeah. So it takes the boxes in that sense, but what a treat. You know, just phenomenal field. Yeah. Phenomenal. The the level of golf you've got to go and see is cracking. If you have the opportunity to go this week, if you are within two, three, even four hours drive and you love golf, you have to yeah, go. Yeah, you have to go. You have You'd to. be mental not to. And by the way, that's not an ad. We're not getting any money from them. I'm just telling you, personal level from me to you, go and see it. And then next week, Bryce, the Open, will be heading down this time next week. We'll be en route to Liverpool. That was a Liverpool accent for those unfamiliar with it. Okay. Yes. I watched tons of Brookside when I was little. Right, okay. 
because of Jennifer Ellison. If you don't know her, Google her. But Royal Liverpool, they don't speak like that at Royal Liverpool, I'm pretty sure. Maybe they do. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Hoylake, anyway, as, as it's better known, it's hosting the Open next week. We have a full Open preview that we're going to record later this week with a twist. But, Bryce, the Open's a week away. How excited are you? Yes, buzzing. Uh, looking forward to it. It's the best week of the year. I know we all crow and go mad about the Masters and we get excited about the Masters. You're wearing a Masters t-shirt we're, right you're now. You're wearing a Masters jumper, by oh, the way. Oh, so am. <laughs> <laughs> so I know... <laughs> I know we get excited, <laughs> and I have to say this: this sounds terrible, but I, I, in excitement news, I cleaned out my what do you call them? My chest of drawers. Yeah, yeah. At the weekend with my t-shirts, so I, I cleaned out my chest of drawers and I threw out some t-shirts. I have. I realised I've got about eight masters t-shirts. Have Almost you? my entire wardrobe is just masters merchandise, which is utterly ridiculous. But yes, should see my study. It's just master stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. I've got parking so, passes on the yeah, wall. Yeah, so. D- despite our love for the Masters, yeah. and, and I know Martin Slumbers will want us to say this, but I'm not saying it because Martin wants us to. <laughs> I shouldn't really call him Martin by his first name. Just really, Mr. Slumbers. Mr. Slumbers. Mind you, I did meet him and I called him Martin. I, w- I didn't say Mr. Slumbers. It's like meeting a well, He's not master. your teacher, so just I call know, him yeah. Martin. It's fine. Right, Martin. Marty. So I was talking to Marty, and uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> what was I saying? So I, I think he would want us to say this, but I'm not saying it because he would want us to. But I love the Masters. You know... We love the Masters. And I know we're going to start the podcast this week or later in the week about the Open. And we're going to start it talking about the Masters. But the Open is it. This is the one you have to win. This is like, there's something about the first shot's amazing. I love the Friday night. I do like open build-up, but I'm mm. not actually, Masters build-up's different open build-up. I'm not fussed about open build-up. I just like it to start. Friday night, missed cuts. Open Sundays, just open Sundays, immense. I love it. Four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon when the opens on. Sundays on the thirteenth, fourteenth. There's a total buzz about it. Claret jug, everything. Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, count me in. Love it. So you're buzzing in short. Yes, buzzing. So you're going to get open merch when you're done. Yes, there? I'll. I'll listen. It's one thing I don't think they've quite got right no, just yet. They did. Season Andrews, their merch was brilliant. And I saw was people walk yes, I saw people walking mm. about. There was a Footjoy top that they had last year, long sleeved Footjoy top. And I thought, I saw Chris from Titleist wearing. I thought, I need to get that top. That's amazing. Went into the merch tent, all gone. Oh, what? And they wouldn't tell you. They're, they are in are very secretive about their their money, but if you speak to the right person, you can find out. <laughs> but they sold shitloads of merch last year. And the best stuff was gone on the Saturday. So if, you, if you're if you getting merch and you get there early, and that's what I'm going to do this year, my first trip is to the merch. As soon as I walk in, I'm putting my stuff in the desk and I'm out of there and I'm in the merch tent Tuesday morning. Okay. That's where you need to go. Yeah. I want stuff like this, like this uh, Masters hoodie that I've got on. I wasn't even aware I was wearing it. But stuff like that, you know, cool open branding the Masters has just got it nailed with the logo. The yeah, open. the Open did have it. You can get them. You're, you're about to get those caps with the big letters on the cap. You'll be buy one of them, but you buy one of them. Oh, God, no. The, no. Big no. letters. No, I don't like those. The big chunky letters. Yeah. It's missing vowels. Oh, people love all that. Like last week they had them at Live, apparently, like the logistics. <sighs> just not for me. But hey, look, people love it. Anyway, look, we've got to go to the break. There's loads more coming up, including. Michael Block. He'll be on the show right after this. Do not go anywhere. 
golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in Performance from Callaway. Welcome back, part two of this week's Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael and Bryce here. We were talking about the Open just before the break. We will be there on site at Royal Liverpool all next week. Well, Bryce will be there a few days. I'll be there the whole week with uh, the rest of the team. We'll be pumping out content left, right and centre on every channel you can think of. We might even upload some of the stuff to LinkedIn. That's how content mad we're going to be. If you want to get the best bits... The LinkedIn content will be boring. Yeah, exactly. It'll be very <laughs> business-like. <laughs> the Open Championship generated approximately £200 million for the Wirral. It's great to engage with clients. <laughs> we probably won't up, update no, LinkedIn, I'll, let's, I'll let's be honest. Let's move on. But if you want the best bits of the content that we'll be making next week, and there will be open commute podcasts as well, I hasten to add, but for the best bits, you need to get signed up to our open newsletter. If you go to our website, it's on every single page that you open. There's a sign up there to register, and you'll get it in your inbox every single morning for free when you're eating your shreddies. That's what you eat for breakfast, Bryce, isn't it? No. Weetabix. Weetabix? Yeah, Shreddy's... Let's, Controversial. Let's say Shreddy's makes me go to the toilet. Uh, okay. So go to bunker.co.uk. You can't miss the newsletter sign-ups. Just register. You won't regret it. Moving on. So last week, you probably saw, but Michael Block was in town trying to qualify for the Open Championship. That's USPGA phenomenon. Michael Block, remember, finished tied 15th at Oak Hill, stole the hearts of the golf community worldwide, had a hole-in-one, a slam dunk hole-in-one, was it not? Playing with Rory McIlroy. Just an incredible story. So he came over to Dundonald Links. He was staying there for a few days, trying to qualify for the Open, went to final qualifying there last Tuesday. So I caught up with him on the Sunday night, he spoke about how much he wanted to qualify for the Open. Spoiler alert, he didn't make it, unfortunately. He didn't get one of the spaces. But I think it was quite interesting just to hear his reasons for coming over, for wanting to play the Open, for finding what the Open Championship means to him. And of course, we covered some of the other stuff that went on, including the, does he really think the only difference between him and Rory is how far they drive the ball? It's a fun chat, and here it is for you right now. Michael Block, welcome to Scotland. Welcome to the Bunker Podcast. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's been a beauty so far. I'm having a good time. Good, solid name as well. That's an easy one for me to remember. We are obviously at Dundonald Blanks right now, ahead of Open Final Qualifying. You've been here a couple of days already. You've had a chance to see the golf course. Tell me, first impressions, how's it looking? I love everything. I picked this place out of the four. I studied them all. I looked at the facilities. I looked at the courses. I looked at it all. And I said, there's no doubt I'm going to Dundonald, and I'm glad I did. Um, I've been staying here all week, and I've absolutely just loved it. Um, I got a chipping green and a putting green in my literally in my backyard behind the lodge. And uh, I've been out there every night with my caddy, just absolutely just having a, have the time of our lives. And I love the golf course. It fits my eye. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to get after it. And I hope it's some Scottish weather on Tuesday, man. I, 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 I'm down with it. Some wind and some, <laughs> I'm good. Let's, I, I'm ready to roll. 
So that facility out there, like you mentioned, the lodges, they're fantastic. It's pretty new as well because you, I don't know if you're aware, but this clubhouse that we're in right now, that didn't exist until maybe just a couple of years ago. There was a port a cabin, a very nice port a cabin, I hasten to add, but the new owners have really done a great job and that is a great place to stay. It sounds like sounds like you're having fun with it off the course as well as on. Yeah, I've been doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner here uh, pretty much the entire week, and it's uh, absolutely unbelievable. The food is amazing. Uh, and like I said, the facility, the lodge that I'm in, this two-bedroom, my caddy's got a room, I got a room, we got a nice uh, family room and kitchen uh, as well. And then, uh, obviously, the practice facilities here uh, are second to none. Uh, it's whatever you want between uh, short game and full swing, and uh, I'm very thrilled that I picked Dundonald Lynx to come to. We'll come on to the golf in a second. You did mention right there that you've been eating here as well. There's a few things that we Scots are known for when it comes to menus. So hit me up. What have you had so far? Have you have you been brave enough to try something that you wouldn't oh, ordinarily yeah. get back I, home? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yesterday morning I had the full breakfast. It's literally called the full breakfast, which I've never heard of that uh, term before. <laughs> um, but I did order the full breakfast and I had some pudding um which i didn't know and the gentleman who's a scott was uh, with me he uh he's like i'll tell you what it is later and uh so but i had it and i've got no problem with it um is that black the, pudding that you yeah had the there? black pudding was amazing yeah. amazing uh yeah no i've loved it all and the haggis has been great uh i've had everything from uh pesto salmon to the uh, filet mignon to uh the burger with a haggis on top of it uh yeah so you're doing it right i've got I, i've had it all i'm not afraid and it's been uh outstanding Every, every ounce of it. You've also been drinking Tenants Lager. You're a convert to the Tenants way of life. Yeah, I mean, how can't you? I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's not too heavy, it's not too light. It's got a great flavor to it. Um, and I can have three of them and, uh, and be good with it. Better than Bud Light? <laughs> I haven't had Bud Light in a long time, so I can't tell you. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. But yeah, no, no, yeah, it, it's been great, but... Uh, I still try to find Michelob Ultra as often as I can, so it's good, though. But, you know, win, 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 in, win in Rome, as they say. Exactly. Not only have you come to the wrong place for Michelob Ultra, I think you've come to the wrong continent, potentially. <laughs> exactly. But you never know. You might get lucky. The golf course, now, you mentioned to me just before we hit live that this is your second time in Scotland, so you should be au fait with Lynx Golf by this point. How, how are you finding it? How are you adjusting your game to, to suit? I think my, my game fits, honestly, Lynx Golf more than it fits like the big uh, U.S. Uh, ballpark, no roll stuff. Um, I have a, a lower trajectory driver cut that I love hitting, which is perfect for the roll that I, you know, what I have here, uh, which is kind of like Oak Hill because the fairway is running out in Oak Hill, and I, I, I love that. Um, I hate it when I feel like I've got to try to carry it 300 yards in the air because I start teeing it up too high, start hanging back. I start getting handsy through the ball. Uh, so I swing much better on these type of conditions, and I tend to have more of a trap draw with my irons and a little further back in my stance, which is beneficial in this in this to keep it down and uh, and also strike it nicely off the, the firmer and tighter lies. And uh, the greens, the greens are beautiful. They're rolling, you know, the other day they're rolling about a nine or so, and today I went out for a practice round, and, man, they got – I know they put a little growth uh, regulator on them, and uh, 
they're rolling about a 10, 10 and a half today. So I was really, really happy. And, uh, they're rolling pure, uh, bunkering, bunkering here is great. That's the big thing, obviously, um, to stay out of the, it's not so much the, the green side bunkers, but man, you have got to stay out of these fairway bunkers. 100%. That's, that's, that's our number one goal up to T. Uh, it's just to stick a stick away from those suckers because that's, <laughs> they can, it's a two shot penalty, you know, because oh, yeah. really you, you might not get out the first one and then now you're still just chopping it out just next door to it. So yeah, it's, it's almost a one and a half shot penalty for sure. Uh, going into a fairway bunker around here. So I'm going to stay away. Yeah, good thinking. What a field it is as well for the qualifier. Seems to be a bigger and better field every single year for open final qualifying. Then, of course, the, the goal clearly is to get to Hoylake. Now, obviously, the, the PGA is your big major. You are a club professional. You've made no secret of the fact that that event means a huge amount to you. But give me a sense of how the, the Open Championship fits for you. Like, earliest memories, where does it rank? Oh, I've watched the Open since I can remember, right? Uh, I'm a huge golf fan. I love golf. I bleed golf. Uh, and I came over last year. It was actually for just three days to right in the middle of my buddy was having a 15-day jaunt over here for his 60th birthday. So I was able to fly over for just three days. But those three days, I was lucky enough to play the old course, Carnoustie and Royal Dornick. Oh. Uh, so I had a great, unbelievable three days. And while I was over here, I fell in love with uh, Scottish golf and, you know, just the this is style um and just the love and the passion that everyone has and the the caddies and just the atmosphere and the and the club pros i mean it's just everything that i love um and that's when i was very disappointed in myself that i had actually been exempt four or five times to come to the finals and i had never come before so when Why i was over, what was the reason for that yeah just because i thought it was forever away you know i thought it was okay. a 28 hour flight and <laughs> it cost me 10 grand and all that yeah. stuff and and in reality once i realized you know what it's not that bad of a flight uh you can get over here quite easily um i, I I'll, I'll never forget i told myself when i was over here i said dude you're never going to miss that again you're never going to miss out on this opportunity to come over here and, and the history of golf is unlike it here you know here it's unlike anywhere else in the world um and for me to have that opportunity which i will on tuesday to qualify for the open at hoylake uh and to go to royal liverpool which i've heard nothing but great things about mm. by the way um would be for me uh another dream come true and for me to to be able to do this a month and a half after the oak hill uh fiasco um, <laughs> you know it would be amazing and uh, i'm already exempt for next year as well so uh there is no doubt no matter what happens on tuesday uh, i'm coming back again in a year we're going to be getting to that fiasco in just a second, obviously. But tell me, St. Andrews, standing on that first tee, as good a player as you are, what, plus six or something like mm -hmm. that? It's nerve-wracking, right? One of the most nerve-wracking things, and I and I had even gone to uh, that that bar right there with the red uh, red chairs. and uh, Oh, the Jigger Inn? No, I went to Jigger after. Right. Done of it, done, done, oh, done vegan? Done oh, vegan. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the birthday party started there so i had two guinnesses uh before and then headed over there was no driving range and it was colder than snot out there and we i go out there and i and i have a five wood and i and i kind of thin it down the fairway which is all i guess i really needed to do but then the funny part was so i had yet to hit a shot off of any turf like that in my life and i looked down at the I mean, i'm like is there grass here you know i'm like i'm looking down and and I got this 60 degree wedge with way too much bounce on it. And I'm just going, what am I going to do? And I'm, I'm, it's a front pin on one over that berm. And I was about 80 yards away. So I had to try to take a little bit off my 60. And I absolutely just chunk it. And uh, 
And my caddy's like, go, go. And I'm like, sit. I'm like, sit. And I literally left it short of the berm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I That's hard short. to do, I know, I know. I mean, it was impressive, right? And uh, and then I was lucky enough to chip it up there at about six feet past the pin. And then I made the putt for par. And uh, and then from that point forward, it was either a 64 or 65 that I shot. And I hit it to about oh, wow. six inches on the last hole. Um, yeah, for a birdie, a tap-in on 18. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my golf life. And it was just a casual round um, with a couple of good friends um, having a, have, having an absolute ball. And I, I mean, I fell in love with St. Andrews that day. I was with you right up until, well, I guess I was with you with the thin drive and the chunked wedge, and then it all went wrong after that. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't relate to that 64, 65. A good 64, 65 after the start that you made, mm. clearly. But the goal this week, clearly qualify for the Open Championship. The oldest, the original, the best. Are you good enough to win it? To win it? Yeah. Why not? You wouldn't be here otherwise, right? No. Um, poof. Uh, to win it. Yeah. Obviously, that'd be a dream um, come true. And I do feel that the Open sets up for me better than any other venue. Any other venue. Uh, easily. Over and, over and above even just a normal tour event over in the States and definitely the majors. Uh, this sets up for me more than anything, and I feel way more comfortable on the on these venues. So I have yet to see, uh, obviously, Hoylake. Um, it's a great golf course. I've heard. I've so heard nothing. Every, every single person, caddy, pro, everyone I've talked to over here uh, uh, just raves about it. So I can't, I can't wait to have that possibility of getting over there. And, you know, am I good enough to win it? I... I, I no, I mean these, you know, these top 50, 60, whoever's exempt, they're way better than I am on a on day in day out basis obviously based on world rankings and everything else, but would I have an opportunity to do another maybe 15th place or maybe even better? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, best of luck with that. Let's go back to Oak Hill. Is it too big to say it was a life-changing week for you? Is that overstating it? Nope, not at all. Easily. It was a life uh altering from everything and just being recognized, uh, which is one of the weirdest things for me is I've crossed the pond and everywhere I go over here, uh, you know, people are asking for pictures and autographs. Um, I had two kids waiting for me here at Dundonald um, who had, were tracking my plane. No way. Tracking my plane, waiting for me. Um, and uh, yeah. And then they literally sat around. I came in. I gave him a couple of golf balls and stuff. And they sat around while I was having lunch and checking in and everything and sat by the first tee and waited for me and uh, went out and walked all 18 holes with me. And they were the two coolest kids, Colin and, and Max, and uh, had an absolute blast with these kids. Uh, one of them's a member over here at uh, Royal Aberdeen. And uh, they were awesome. Um, really, really cool to have. I gave him my glove and everything I could because, man, it was really awesome to, to have that experience. But, yeah, I mean, when I came over here for that birthday party 15 months ago, Let's just say nobody knew me. <laughs> <laughs> that must be surreal, like quite hard to get your head around as well, like that instant fame, if you like. Yeah, I mean, it was life changing, but it was honestly, it was life changing, obviously, my even in my pocketbook and mm. uh, just in a lot of different things and like a club that I, I live very near, but couldn't really afford to be a member at um, on the Friday after when I dismissed the cut at Colonial. Uh, they had an emergency board meeting and... Uh, and gave me a full honorary and my family honorary membership at the club. Um, yeah. So stuff like that, you know, I mean, it's just now my kids are able to play at this golf course. That's just really difficult. And it's mission Viejo country club. And it's where, uh, Marco Mir grew up and, uh, 
where uh, Bill Hosser grew up as well playing golf. And it's a very difficult golf course, but very fair and just in great shape. And now my kids get to, uh, you know, hone their skills there as well now. So it's it's very, very fortunate. That's pretty special. When you think back on on that week in May, I mean, it's, it's still, what, only six weeks ago or whatever it was, but how do you feel as you reflect on it? Does it feel like a blur? Does it feel like, I can't believe that happened? Or is there a particular bit that jumps out? When a week like that happens, <clears throat> what is it you take away? Yeah, I still can't believe it happened. Um, I still haven't come down off of the cloud yet um, because it's just been so crazy since then. To be honest, I've been all I've been all over the place in that time frame. Um, and even when I have been home, that's my opportunity to be back at the club and catching up with a lot of things. Uh, so yeah, I'm still riding high, still on in cloud nine, still enjoying every stinking moment because man, <laughs> you know, because I'm. I know there's a lot of people out here that love golf and I know people love it as much as I do, but I love golf like 10 out of 10. That's I, I live, breathe golf. People are always like, what do you do when you're not golfing? I'm like thinking about golf, <laughs> you know, I don't do anything else. I don't, I don't fish or play any other sports. I, I am either playing golf or working at a golf course. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world. One of the things that I, I always had promised myself was, every day I'd be going to a golf course and I didn't care if I was working outside service, a caddy or whatever, whatever it was, I was going to be going to a golf course. And I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to have that dream come true. And, uh, I'm pretty much set in stone now that I've got that. So, uh, uh, it's, um, I'm in heaven. Yeah. You look like you seem like a guy who's just loving life and that's, that's refreshing to see. Cause I mean, I've been covering golf now for about oh, 19, 20 years and I'm not going to say that every guy looks a bit jaded after a certain amount of time on tour and maybe they don't fully appreciate the opportunity that they get, but I think it's cool when you see somebody who is clearly enjoying it and and, and living it to the full. You've got to, don't you? Oh, 100%. What's that old Robin Williams thing? You know, that old joke he has. He goes, he goes oh, and every time after you miss a shot, it's like, it's like you're having a stroke. And then, uh, and then he, and he goes, oh, and that's why they call it a stroke. Uh, you know, I mean, this is so true, right? And it's, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, you've been on tour for 20 years and maybe it's, 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 it's just become too much of a job, you know, and I get it. It, it, it could make sense. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Golf's hard. Mm -hmm. And for these guys to be out there and, you know, yeah, they're making millions, but the life that they probably have is they have to now make millions in order just to be able to, to keep that life that they've they've given themselves and their family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm gonna never forget my parents told me a long time ago, it doesn't matter what you're making, you always kind of feel like you have the same amount. Yeah, you know, because that's you, so true. Yeah, because you, you base your life around that. So um, yeah, and it's true, I believe what they said. Uh, but yeah, it's tough out there, Tough. it's a tough thing. I haven't been in it that much, you know? Um, I knew a long time ago that I wanted to be in the business of golf, so I had a steady paycheck. I never really wanted just to have to make six footers to pay for my mortgage. And I, and I, I learned that very early and I think too many people struggle and too late in their life, uh, on the mini tours, uh, when I think they, they need to realize a little earlier that they need to get in the, in the business, whether it's business of golf or just <laughs> anything outside of what they're doing. I think too many people spend too many years out there. Uh, they need to make it where it's like, Hey, you know what? You've got two years. And if you don't do it in two years, it's, you need to start a different life because you don't you don't want to start uh, when you're 30, 32 into exactly. business, you know, because that just means in my in reality, you're probably going to retire 10 years later. I mean, you're, you're 47 now. Are you, as you look back, happy with that decision that you made or is there a part of you that wonders what if? 10 out of 10, 100 percent. Very happy I made that decision. And when I did, it was very easy for me to make that decision. I knew I was never going to be top 100 in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
yeah, I, I knew I wanted to be out there and teaching and, and, and just basically improving the game of golf and, and, and leaving my mark in the game, which is, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but now I kind of feel like I, I've accomplished some of those things, which, uh, I'm going to be good when I retire at this point. I'm good. Like I kind of feel like I've gotten all these goals and I'm I'm making new ones now, you know, of course, you know, I'm a goal setter type of guy and I've, I've, I've now made all the goals. I had those last two things, make a cut in a major and be a low club professional in the PGA championship. Those are my two last goals in golf. And I did them both at Oak Hill. So I immediately turned over to now the open and, uh, being in the open, uh, I don't even have a goal of making the cut or finishing a certain spot either. It's just being in the being, open, in, being in that atmosphere and 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 the home of golf of, you know, to do that in front of the the fans would be just ridiculous, wouldn't it? Just I'm going to ask you about uh, a couple of things at the the PGA if that's all right. And you've probably been asked these things a million times before, but let's deal with a hole in one first. I'm not going to ask you what it was like because clearly it was awesome. I'm not going to ask you what it was like to do it in front of Rory because clearly that was awesome. The club. This is the bit I'm interested in. There's been a lot of talk since that you've been made some offers for the club that you used. Yes. So I'm going to be as delicate as I can. Do you still own the club? Uh, There hasn't been any exchange in money at this point. Um, But you've had offers, yeah? Oh, yeah. No. Big offers? I've had big offers, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I've had, yes, a very nice car offers type of thing. Really? Yeah, I mean... To be blunt, and I did not take this, but yeah, up to fifty thousand dollars for my seven iron, which if you did see my seven iron, it looks like it's worth about three dollars. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and I do have a backup set, and I've already had multiple other people that do have that set that have barely been used already offering them to me, and too. So, I am having uh, Taylor made uh, remake basically that exact set with my backups as far as waiting is concerned, and because if you, you should see him, I put <laughs> the lead tape on. It's a joke. I mean, it's. I did it by hand and I don't weigh anything. I've never weighed anything in my life as far as clubs are concerned. I just throw stuff on and make it, if it feels good, I go with it. Um, but yeah, it, uh, let's just say this, it's actually going to now, it's going to be in a museum. Excellent. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I took a lot less, uh, because if it went to, uh, you know, somebody who's just collect a collector, uh, they might sell it down the road or whatever, but I might never see it again. But yeah. so I was going to take definitely less and have uh, my grandkids be able to see it and for other PGA members to see it and stuff like that down the road. Good on you. There was also a story in the days after the, uh, the PGA that you'd been approached by an adult website to be its golf professional. Now, I don't know if this was just about a guerrilla marketing on their part, trying to capitalize on the fact that you were the most talked about golfer in the world that week or, or what, but did they reach out to you directly or was it just something? I honestly don't remember. Um, I would, I, I, there were so many things, moving parts. Yeah. Those couple days. And I remember somebody, I don't know if my agent mentioned or one of my friends mentioned it or something. And then the other day, just literally the other day, I saw the, the number <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't remember who it is or whatever, but yeah, call me. I, I got an agent and <laughs> we can make something happen here. Um, I'm not afraid. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't recall. I don't remember. I can't even say who it was, uh, but I still have one, I think two more spots on me here. Uh, that, uh, some that logos. I've, got, I've got some logos availability. Yes. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. This should hit you up. I can't not mention the the now infamous remarks after the championship on another podcast where you were asked, you know, what's the difference in you and Rory and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure you've now answered this question tons of times. 
let me be totally upfront, completely upfront with you. I loved everything about the week. I was I was a blockhead, like full on board. I was writing the part of the team. And then I heard those remarks and I just thought, my, my heart sank quite a bit, Michael. I'm like, oh no, has he just <laughs> said that? Like, oh, it's Rory McIlroy, the guy's a four-time major champ, was world number one this year. It's like, oh, pump the brakes. But if you believe that, I mean, belief that, you know, it's it's driving distance or whatever it was, you know, that's the difference between you and Rory. If you believe that, that's good because you've got to be confident in this game, right? You've got to be your own biggest cheerleader. Equally though, I mean, it was a throwaway remark potentially. Listen, you explain it. What 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 went down there? Oh, definitely. And well, number one, it was throwing zero shade at Rory. That's mm. for darn sure. I respect that guy so much. It's ridiculous from his personality to his family, his uh, golf game, obviously, and how he treated me the the day at Oak Hill was unbelievable. And I, there was, yeah, the comment had nothing to do with Rory whatsoever. It was a hundred percent more about gaining 60 to 70 yards off of a tee shot where would i be at that point now as good as rory no no you know would i be unbelievably better than i am now having five six less clubs into every hole for me to be hitting a gap wedge into par fours rather than four irons and five irons like i do my stroke average would go down a lot Mm -hmm. right now i think i'm ranked 580th in the world or something like that um would i be higher ranked I'd be a lot higher ranked with that yardage. Is that even a possibility? It's not even, it's not even in the, there's, there's just no chance with it. There's, that would never happen. This is not even a possibility. Uh, I could go start working out. I could do everything, speed training or whatever else. I'd be lucky to gain 10 yards. So it's just, it was a far-fetched, even a thought. Um, am I confident with my short game? Absolutely. Am I confident with my game? I am. Um, am I in the level of Roy McIlroy? I'm not even close, like, like literally not even close. And that's all I was saying is if I had an extra 60 yards into every single hole, the rest of my life, I would be a whole hell of a lot better than I am right now. True for every golfer, isn't it? If I had an extra 60 yards, what could I do with it? Oh my gosh. I, could, I wouldn't have to thin it as far. Dude, I, cause my kids <laughs> like, my kid is similar length to him. And, uh, we always laugh about what I would shoot from where he hits it. I mean, we, we laugh about it. And he hit seven irons into par fives. There was a, my kid and I, we were, we were playing not too long ago and it was a par five at our club. And uh, he hit nine iron into the par five and I had a three wood. You know, I mean, it's crazy. These guys hit it so far. I'm not even in the same realm as these guys, especially O'Roy McElroy. So yeah, that, that was definitely taken so far out of context. And, and it was, I'm sure it was my fault because, you know, a number of people like yourself, you know, that, that hit them in a different way than I had meant. Um, which, you know, obviously I apologize for, and that was not, nothing I meant to do whatsoever. Yeah, you don't apologize to me or anyone else, my goodness. But uh, does that show you, I guess, maybe what guys like Rory deal with week in, week out? Because you'll have seen it yourself, the guys had to be, in my opinion, the heat shield for Jay Monaghan and a lot of other people the past year, and Rory can't open his mouth without it being interpreted a particular way. I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, that must make you even more certain that you made the right decision all those years ago to to go down the route you did. Oh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and for what I yeah, obviously I just need to be you know more careful in how I say things, even if I interpret it in a different way, and I'm thinking in a different way than it's. But it can come out in a lot of different ways. That's for darn sure. Mm-hmm. And how these guys do need to be so careful. And I do feel really bad for Rory and what that whole thing happened with uh, the PJ Tour and Live. That just was ridiculous. Um, because I know it's been such a big support system of the of the tour and Monaghan. Mm. And man, 
super bummed on i'm just super bummed on that whole situation to be honest um but yeah he ugh, i felt so bad for Rory. but uh like i said he's been nothing but great and i but these guys yeah they do have to be guarded you know um with all the social media platforms out there and everything else it's you just got to be careful and 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 be careful with your words on the subject of love i mean it was suggested by a few people on social media at the time of oak hill that you'd be the perfect candidate for an offer did they approach you? Have they approached you? Has anyone from Live come to you and said, Michael, come and play here instead? I've heard different things, but um, I did get a couple texts that weren't about, weren't offers or anything like that, but were... Um, from Live officials? Yes. Really? Uh, yeah, just, just saying great playing. Right. But okay. out of nowhere. Uh, very strange, but yeah, out of nowhere. And yeah. uh, But no, no, no uh, offers or anything like that from Live. Is it something that you would even consider? I mean, you're no, a you know, guy. I, I, obviously, it's all going to work out. It seems like we're mm. that's not going to be anything that's going to happen down the road. But you know, um, if like it was with some of these other guys, if it's something where it could affect my family in a very positive manner, it'd be a tough thing not to do. But I, I just, I just hope that everyone works together and it becomes more cohesive. And because I love watching Kepka and I love watching mm. DJ and I love. I love, I could watch Cameron Smith putt all night long, right? Yeah. And uh, so I just hope it, it works out where these guys are playing more together and that um, Monaghan and, and Greg <laughs> get along. And, and it seems like they're trying to work it out uh, or we'll see what happens. But I hope everyone just gets, you know, together and this all works out for everybody. If Brooks and Bryson can bury the hatchet, then, you know, pretty it's, much anyone can, it, I reckon. It, exactly. And Brooks is, too, by the way, Brooks is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I got to hang on and see brooks quite a bit there for that final day uh and he was nothing but uh, first class yeah so just to finish up then you've obviously been on the receiving end of quite a number of messages i think i heard you say earlier on what twenty thousand? easy easy Twenty thousand messages ac across whatsapp email whatever easily like un 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 actually uh like infinity type of thing where you can't <laughs> you can't even figure it out like you can't I can't, I can't even get to the bottom. I can't scroll enough to even get to the bottom of any of those platforms. That's how crazy it is. And I've tried so hard to get back to them. I didn't even know these things existed like in my Instagram <laughs> regarding like requests to message and primary general. Uh, there's like three different, I mean, it's crazy. What's what I didn't know was in there. And, uh, yeah, I went from 4,000 followers on Instagram to over a quarter million in just a couple of days. That is crazy. People sliding into your DMs, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, a whole bunch of, you know, six-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the, <laughs> there's a thought. But there's a, you, you said that one of the, the messages that stood out was from Michael Jordan. Now, listen... We're obviously in Scotland, but even I know who Michael Jordan is and I know how big a deal he's been in terms of sport globally. You, you can't understate that. But I guess for you being in the States, he's basically sporting royalty. And when he reaches out to you, that's, that's got to be a cool thing. Yeah, that was by far the coolest part as far as someone reaching out. Um, he's been my idol my whole life. I've, I saved up. I'll never forget saving up that first hundred bucks for the pair of Jordans I got when I was in elementary school. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be on the, the uh, Nike team ambassador uh for about six years now and then for him to reach out to me and, and have honestly a couple of very heartfelt uh texts uh meant the world to me um and 
I think there's this possibility coming up here not too long that I'm going to be heading to Florida to play in his 36 hole because he does 36 holes. I don't know if you know that or not, but he 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 likes to smoke some cigars and play 36 holes. And, <laughs> 18's uh, just not and, enough. And that's right in my wheelhouse. So, um, <laughs> yep give me a give me a uh, a golf cart and a and a Cuban and uh, and Jordan for the day, and I'm going to be in in heaven. Yeah, it seems like you're already though. To be fair, but that would be the icing on the cake. Eh? Absolutely. That and a place in the open, potentially. I'm going to try. I'll tell you what. Um, Tuesday out here at Dundonald, I'm going to give it 100% and I'm going to grind. I know I'm going to hit some bad shots out there. And when I do, I'm just going to try to recover as best I can and get that ball in the hole in as few strokes as possible. And you never know. I think there's going to be four spots and, you know, four guys could just absolutely go nuts out there and beat you and that that's what can happen in these qualifiers but at the same time i've qualified enough in my life too where i think i've got the game where if i if i play my game too i, I can do everybody at hoylake well very best of luck with it Thank your time michael great to see you in scotland and listen we don't see you at hoylake i guess we'll see you back here in 12 months time because as you say you've already booked your tickets so very best of luck i'm coming back and uh yeah i love it over here and uh hopefully i'll see you guys in a couple weeks if not i will see you next year and thanks for having me on michael There you go. What an absolute gentleman Michael Block is. Bryce, you, you're you chuckling for some reason. Listen, what it's not it? like you, but I've, it's not often I get to pick you up on something, but you did say he'd spoke. No, I did he not. did, so I get uh, Listen, it's not like me to say that. And, and, he'd uh, spoke? He'd spoke. So, but, but listen. Oh, my it's God. Slip of the tongue. It's a slip oh. of the tongue. That's a pound in the jar. I've done that once. Oh, outie. Oh. It just sounds wrong, doesn't it? My daughter has said that a few times. She's five. Yeah, you need to cut that so, out. I seen that, Daddy. Like, no, you you did not. You did not. You seen saw that. that. You saw that. Anyway, oh, so I'll I'll try my best not to do that in future. But no anyway, Michael Block, what a story it's been, really, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's a shame he didn't qualify for the Open. But as we said at the time. Just a bit of a feel-good from left-field story that I think we all needed in golf, didn't we? Yeah, and then it went a bit weird. And I liked, you know, respect to you for asking him the hard question that you you thought it was a wee bit awkward as well, his comment about Rory. But listen, I think he was guilty of getting caught up in the moment and he's pretty much admitted that. So yeah. fair play to the guy. I, exactly. Uh, he's loving life. He's having a great time. And why the hell not? Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Why should we stamp on somebody for enjoying themselves and just getting a wee bit yeah. carried away. I think deep down, he's a good guy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Right. Podder of merit. Yes. Sir Alex Ferguson had a great expression for the the state of the game that we've reached. He would say it's squeaky bum time. Yeah, and it yeah, most yeah. certainly is, Bryce. Yep. The British uh, Masters. Because obviously we weren't around last week. You picked Adrian Moronk for the Belfry. And the lanky pole finished in the tie for 15th. I went for Jordan Smith. My pre-tournament prediction that Justin Rose wouldn't be focused, that went very, very badly. But I went for Jordan Smith and he finished in a tie for 39th. Point for you. As it stands, Bryce 8, Michael 9. I think that's four in a row for me. You did have one where I thought, I was on a bit of a run and then, uh, I think that's, or it's four out of five. Yeah, you know what, I'm going to give you props. You're doing, you're doing well. Yeah. You've turned a bit of a corner. You needed to, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like you were, 
I know you love tennis, so to give the analogy, it was love 40 against you. I had three break points and you've battled back to get it to almost juice. Do you understand any of that? Juice is uh, sort of like 11 all or something. Like 40 all. Same thing. Close enough. So this week, this week both of us could win. Now I just need the point to win. If you pick the winner of the Scottish Open, two points for you and you will win. Remember everyone, it's first to ten. So we each have a chance to win this week. And I don't think that's ever happened It's never before. happened. This is a monumental day in the history of the <laughs> Podder and Minute. It's a huge occasion. Huge. So, the honour remains yours, and it is the Genesis Scottish Open. I feel bad we've gone through this whole podcast and not mentioned the DP World event of the weekend. Made in Himmerland. Yeah, but like six playoff holes. It was absolutely dreadful. They what? kept going down 18. <laughs> I was, was all right. with the greatest of respect to Nacho Elvira and Rasmus Hoygaard. I was Well, there bored. goes your PR job at the DP World Tour. Oh, they're going to love me when I rock up at the Scottish Open this week. But I'm, I'm just being honest, I thought it was boring as shite. I just why keep going down the same hole? Mix it up. Well, it, there's pars, pars, I sus- pars. I suspect there's a, there'll be a reason. I did, I was pissed myself laughing at Jamie Spence's comment, like, I hope the buggies are charged. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I love Jamie Brilliant. Spence. Oh, that He's was so good. droll. That was good. Listen, there's something about those Hoygaard twins, you think, if they could only just, like, the guy's won an event. They've won multiple times. He's won four times. Yeah. I just think there's, like, they've got so much more to give. Well, they might give it in Rome in a couple of months' well, time. I would so. I'd absolutely be picking them. But the problem yeah. is, it's two. You wouldn't pick well, two. I'd, for... I'd pick Rasmus. Yeah. I think Nikolai's maybe not quite at the same level. Yeah. But Rasmus certainly looks a bit of a talent. It'd be good to have them in the twins. Twins in the Ryder Cup. There's been brothers. Are they twins? Yes. They are twins. Yeah. There's been brothers, but is there twins? I don't think there's been twins. There's been brothers, there's been uncle and nephew. Fathers and sons have played, but not in the same match. Twins would be a first, I think. Okay. Anyway, let's get to it. It's the Scottish Open this week. It may all come down to this. And this, I think, is where... The twist that we introduced for this season is really going to come into its own because you and I have burned through a lot of the top players with our picks. This is it. So you obviously can't pick a guy who you've picked before unless they've won. Do you have a list of... I do. I'm looking at Steve the refs. Good. Very handy list right now. So, Bryce, who do you want? And then I'll tell you if you can have him or not. It's really tricky, isn't it? Obviously... You guys can't see this, but Bryce has a furrowed brow right now. This is mm. as serious as I've seen him take Podder of Merit. Hmm. He doesn't want the white belt of shame. Which is the new wooden spoon, incidentally. I'm going to pick Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley. Let me see. I don't think I've picked him. Okay, so you've not. Good. He's good to go for you. I'm picking Cantley. Why? Because... What have you seen from Patrick Cantley? I think I've picked Shoffley before. Xander Shoffley, you have not... I've not picked him. Did he not do... Did he not win it last year? He's the defending champ, yep. 
Yeah, that's why I'm not picking him. Not going for two in a row. Remember, he, oh, but he does need to win it for you. Doesn't need to win it, yeah. right? So you're trying to pick the winner. Yeah, I think Cantley's played some good stuff. Can't argue with that since the Masters, where he finished in the tie for 14th, he's gone third, tied 21st, tied 9th, tied 30th at the Memorial, but then he was tied 14th at US Open and tied for fourth in his most recent start at the Travellers. What I'm saying there is he's basically a top 15 machine at the moment. Probably is. He's never won in the DP World Tour. Has he played that much, though? Yeah, he's never won. So I'm picking him mm as my man. Who are, you, who are you picking? Patrick Cantley, for what is worth, played at the Renaissance last year and finished in the tie for fourth. Yes! That's all I need. I... I haven't picked this guy yet, obviously. One of the big names that I've not gone for. And I think I'm going to need to... I'm tempted to leave him for next week in the event that you don't pick the winner, but I want to just get it over and done with now. Oh, the arrogance. Get on with it. Is this any countdown? I'm going for... I was, You know what? I was going to choose Xander Schofley. Spit it out. And I've made a last-second change. I am picking Rory McIlroy. <laughs> have you not picked him yet? Nope. Nope, I have not. I think Rory will have a wee week off. That's why I wouldn't pick him. You can't back out now you've picked him, but I think Rory will... <laughs> since when was that a rule? I think Rory will so, do that. Hang on, since when was that a rule? That You know what, you can't change that. Uh, you can't. Because I just made that rule. All oh, right, okay. I think... Making it up as you go I along. Do, I do worry that Rory will be determined for Hoylake. You just wonder whether he'll want a few extra days. And that sounds terrible. I shouldn't say that because we're trying to get people to go to the Open. But that's what Mickelson used to do. Mickelson used to yes. turn up at Loch Lomond, swan the press for two days, yep. and then bugger off after two days and go and get his Friday night charter down to the wherever the Open was. I don't think Rory's Not like suggesting that. Rory's like that. I don't think he's like that at all. a six or seven hour drive from where he's going, so possibly. I, yeah, I'm sticking with it. It's Rory versus Patrick Cantley, and it is all on the line this week, ladies and gents. If Bryce picks the winner, if Patrick Cantley somehow wins the Genesis Scottish Open this week, Bryce will win this season of Podder of Merit. Fully deserved. If Rory makes a cut and outfinishes Patrick Cantley, I will win. So it is getting very tense. Very tense indeed. Outfinishes. <laughs> I've no idea where that even came from. <laughs> This has been an absolutely <laughs> brutal 20 minutes. <sighs> Anyhow, let's finish up with Honesty Box. You alluded to this earlier on when you said I'm not a big fan of Pebble and I am really not a huge fan of Pebble Beach. T to be clear, I don't dislike it at all. I just think that it's overhyped and a lot of people jump on the Pebble Beach bandwagon whenever an event goes there. You know, it's like, oh, Pebble Beach is such a great golf course. The views, oh, we should come here more often. And then it disappears. And see, this week, not one person is going to talk about how great Pebble Beach is. So yeah. the question, so I'm, what I'm saying there is basically Pebble Beach is one of those things that people pretend they love. But do you think that's a bit like St Andrews? Like, no. A lot of people, a lot of people like St Andrews, but they realise it's, is it the best golf course in the country? I'm not sure I anyone really know. says that, though. I think people talk about St Andrews as being great and important yeah. all year round. Yeah. It's amplified when it comes to an open goes there, for mm -hmm. example. But it, that narrative never goes away. Whereas with Pebble Beach, well, prior to last week, when was the last time you heard people ranting and raving about how great it is? I know. But uh, there's something about Pebble Beach that people... 
jump on the bandwagon about. Yeah, I know a bunch of guys I know went there uh, last year and paid a lot of money for a trip, and they had a, an absolute whale of a time. They had a, a great time, but it is there's something about Pebble that's monstrously expensive to go on. You need to jump through hoops to go yes. on Pebble. I've been. I've done the, the Carmel scene, I've done the 17 mile drive, paid the $10 to go in and do the wee drive. Some of the, the golf courses around there are, are great. The problem is it's not the best course in that area. It's and not, is it? That's the point. Yeah. But I would love to play it. And I'm well aware that six or seven of the holes are genuinely, a lot of people will say, even architects will say this, are not that great. Yeah, that's it. But it has elements of it that are spectacular. Would I like to play seven? Yes. Yeah. Will I be heartbroken if I never play it? No. Yeah. That's when I'm at with it. So I think Pebble Beach is one of those things that people just jump on the bandwagon and say, well, I love it. But actually you don't. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like that in life right now. I mean, and this is this is the question we're coming to. It's name something in golf that you think people are probably just pretending to like. Because there's loads of things and social media amplifies that. Out with the golf, if you look at like herbal tea, I'm convinced that people are just pretending to like herbal tea. <laughs> and like sushi. All of a sudden, sushi's a really big thing. I like sushi. Yeah, I like sushi. But, but I'm pretty certain that 70% of the population don't. Like, yeah, you think we're pretending to like sushi? Yeah. By and large. Yeah. You get like, electric cars. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's one, right? This will piss some people off. Banksy. Think about how Whoa, many people. Careful. I think a lot of people just pretend to love Banksy stuff, but they actually couldn't tell you if it's his or not. Yeah. So there's a that's the that's the point of the question. So for me, one of the things in golf is Pebble Beach. Over to you. I I have to say I can't in golf pretend to like. Not that you pretend to like it, but that you think people are just pretending to enjoy. Blades. <laughs> yeah, probably blades. I don't blades. mind that, go on. Yeah, blades. I had, I'm not bigging myself up here, I'm good enough to play blades. I'm not bigging myself up. However, I'm really good at golf. I can ball strike the shit out of the golf ball, but it's much easier to not use blades. It just is. It's easier to use clubs that are not like that. And I do think some people that you meet people that have those clubs and you think you're just, and I, I, that was the reason, I, one of the reasons I got rid of them because I'm thinking people thought I was one of those people that just liked mm. having blades. I wonder whether, man, do you know, I mean, how often do you see people playing blades? But I wonder whether that's a pretending to like play those clubs. It's when you see someone put a post on, for example, Instagram and the amount of likes that a post about blades will get is uh, obscene. But, you're quite right. I think people are just like, oh my God, they're just a great, nah, they, they yeah. look pretty. But I have the same feeling about hickory clubs. Like you see so many people now saying, oh, I just love hickories. Wouldn't it be great to go out and play around no, hickories? No one's ever going to do it. No, I don't Have you ever tried hitting a hickory club? Why would you want to go out and play a crap round of golf? <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> have yeah. you ever hit a hickory club? Yes. And how did it go? Not great. <laughs> Where did it's it too, go? It's too whippy. Yeah, it's like, you can't be bothered with that. Yeah, it's not for me. You know those trousers that people wear that have got all the diamonds on them and the colourful people pretend to like wearing them? Yes. You look like an idiot. That's like guys who go abroad and yeah. playing boys golf weekends and yeah, so on. Yeah, awful. Awful. Visors? 
is it Keith Mitchell in PG two? He wears a visor. Mm-hmm. It's just something about that. I don't know. But he, I don't I'm not saying he pretends to like wearing a visor, but he's wearing a visor. He must like it. There are other things like even out with golf. You know, one of those things that I think people like or say they like, but they actually don't really care about. It's like Melba toast. What is Melba toast? It's like those dried little bits of toast that you get. They're not. It's not even toast, but it's like little crackers almost that you put patty on. It's rock solid. Yes. Mm. It's like you, it's, it's kind of trendy to say that you like those things. When I always think, you know, why why are you eating that? It's just to show off. Like green juice. <laughs> you think you think people are you drink green juice? No, I drink blue juice. Oh, so I started to drink blue juice, not green juice. Well, like kale and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm going to make a kale smoothie with a little yeah, bit of cucumber. That's and disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. People who drink kale on the golf course, they're pretending to be healthy. <laughs> I think there's a bunch no. of people who watched Game of Thrones and hated it, but stuck with it because, well, everyone else seems to enjoy it, so I'm going to tell myself I love it yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So, but in the golf world, we're just thinking it's Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. So Pebble Beach is the equivalent of electric cars in the motoring world. Gilets. I think I people wear, are pretending like, why? Because I like it. Right, I, Chandler I, Bing. I, I bought it from the Carnoustie Golf Shop, which is cracking, by the way. Oh, yeah, and great. I was Baltic freezing on the golf the course. The Carnoustie Golf Shop great. Gilets are. If you're Baltic on the golf course, why are you wearing something that's got no sleeves? Because you need to layer up. Do you not read the winter guide that's in association with Ping? You need to layer up. You don't just wear a jacket and a jumper. Read the content. I, I, I get that, but if you're freezing, by your own admission, because I because want to have freezing, my arms to move freely in the swing that doesn't inhibit the natural fabric of my golf swing. Get, get with the program. Doesn't inhibit the natural fabric yeah, of my golf swing. It's kind of bullshit in there. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> anyway, I'm interested to know what other people think as well. Tell us things that you think people love about golf or claim to love about golf that they actually think actually they don't like basically like rosé wine the amount of people who are currently drinking rosé wine when you go out I, I it's it's fads isn't it no it's just fads we're beginning to talk rubbish no espresso martinis i'm gonna have an espresso martini yeah, they're, they're crap it's like, stop yeah, being a just have a fun yeah just have exactly <laughs> oysters like oh can i can i have the oysters please nobody uh, wants an oyster yeah, no 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 it's like eating something that's fallen off the back of a truck mm-hmm. not for me Anyway, get in touch, slide into our DMs. Tell us your thoughts on the Open, your predictions, what you're expecting to see in terms of players playing well and players not playing well, who you're backing, who you're putting money on. Send us DMs about that. And we'll, we'll read, read out, out the, the worst predictions. The worst predictions. I tell you, here's a prediction for you. I hate myself for saying this, but there will be a protest, I'm sure, by that Just Stop Oil group. But I would love, love them to try and do it when John Ram's on the tee because I think he would take them on what yeah. sort of Muppet would want to disrupt John Ram or Brooks or Brooks yeah so anyway get into our DMs and let us know what you're thinking about the Open Championship we'll share the best ones on our preview coming up Bryce I would say I'll see you this time next week but that's not true we do have another podcast to record in a few days time so I'll see you then see you then thanks for your time thank you to you for listening thank you to Callaway for their continued support and we'll see you in a few days until then Bye-bye for now.